One in three Canadians live near a major road. If it's you, listen up, because you're breathing in a lot of vehicle exhaust, according to a new study from the University of Toronto. And traffic-related pollution has been associated with a wide range of health problems, from cardiac to neurological to pulmonary problems. Greg Evans joins us right now. He's professor of chemical engineering at U of T and director of the Southern Ontario Centre for Atmospheric Aerosol Research. Welcome to the show, Greg. A pleasure to have you on. It's a pleasure to be here and have a chance to uh, share what we found. So for a couple of years, you guys measured the air pollution in two of the biggest cities in the country, Vancouver and right here in Toronto. What did you learn? Well, we learned, uh, not too surprisingly, that the levels of air pollution are very different beside major roadways than they are well away from traffic. And we sort of knew that as we were going in, but it's really the complexity of the mixture that we found Uh, We measured very comprehensively for two years using many, many different instruments, measuring 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, uh, with some measurements making measurements every second. So we really got a very, very rich picture of what this traffic pollution looks like. So are you um, capturing um, a bit of the air and then uh, testing it for particulates? Is that what you're doing? That's right. We do it two ways. Some instruments are measuring... uh, in real time, so they're sampling the air and giving us data continuously. Other instruments are collecting the air into samples for a whole day, for 24 hours, and then they get shipped uh, to a lab for follow-up analysis. So we do it two ways. Okay, so you're, what was the whole goal of the study? Well, the goal was to figure out what it is that the, us Canadians are being exposed to because we really do live very close to traffic. It's about a third of Canadians live within 250 metres of a major roadway, and that's higher in cities like Toronto and Vancouver. So we want to know what does that mean? What are people being exposed to? So we uh, can assume that there's more traffic, uh, means more particulates, means, you know, uh, worse air quality. Is that true? Well, that's what we thought going in, and then we found that really was only partly the case. It really wasn't quite that simple. We thought, exactly as you said, the busier the roadway, the more emissions, the higher the exposure. What we found is that we had one site that had a fair number of trucks because there was a truck en route, but it had 10 times less traffic than one of our other sites, which is right beside the 401. And what we found was that the level of pollution was the same at both those sites, even though there was 10 times more traffic at the 401 site. Okay, so we can assume then it's about what's driving on the roads, not just the frequency of vehicles on the road. So what is it about these trucks that is uh, increasing uh, pollution? Well, trucks can be major emitters of some pollutants that we're concerned about. Basically, they emit diesel exhaust. There's a whole range of pollutants in that exhaust. And a lot of the trucks on the road are, are quite good. Um, they're, they're cleaner, newer trucks, but there's some of these trucks that are older because diesel engines can last a long time, which is a good thing, but it means that we have very old engines on the road as well. We also have newer trucks that have had their emission treatment systems tampered with, so they're highly pollutant as well. So what we found is it's a small fraction of the vehicles, a small fraction of the trucks in particular, that are causing a lot of the pollution, which makes it a real opportunity. Because if we can get those trucks out of our neighborhoods and off of our roads, then we could have a substantial improvement in the air quality. 
There was another surprising uh, finding of your research, and that had to do with the fact that some of the pollutants remained higher at different uh, times of the year than others. I would imagine, and I think what most people would default to is, oh, yeah, it, it, the uh, pollutants are going to be higher in the summertime because there's, you know, less rain and, you know, they can be blown around. That's not the case, right? That's not the case, and uh, some people may be surprised by this. Um, typically, we, we look to the south uh, to learn about air quality, and they don't have the same winters that we do here in Canada. And that was one of the advantages of sampling and making measurements throughout the year, so we made measurements throughout the winter. And what we found was that the levels of some air pollutants were higher during the winter and also that they dispersed further from the roadway, so the boundary around the roadway where people are getting exposed was even wider in the winter. Did you so, find out why? Well, it, it's two things. One is that uh, one of the uh, concerns for emissions from diesel is nitrogen oxides. And people might remember that was the issue that came up uh, when Volkswagen, for example, had a, had a problem. Um, this is not the same sort of problem, but it is that the emission treatment systems that they have on these vehicles don't seem to perform as well or even well at all under cold temperatures. And we were making measurements in Toronto and Vancouver, which are by no means the coldest place in winter in Canada. What, can, what accounts, though, for the dispersion of pollution? You said it, it goes farther. It's the idea that we have these very still winter days. So what happens beside a roadway is that the vehicles emit and the wind blows it away and dilutes it down. So as they emit, the wind removes it. If you have a very still day where there is no wind, uh, it just sort of sits there and builds up around the roadway and huh. creates this buffer around the roadway that's even wider than what it would be in, say, the summertime when it's more windy. You know, you see a lot of people walking around the streets of Toronto, especially wearing, some of them are wearing masks. You know, I, I think about that. Do you need to cover up with a scarf in the wintertime when you're walking by a main street, or is that going to do any good at all? I don't think it would do that much, if anything. Because these are right. tiny, tiny particles. These are tiny particles, and these are gases. Um, really, um, you know, we, we can't move our schools, we can't move our houses, but what we can do is eliminate the emission sources in the first place. So I would say better still is try to make sure that the trucks that do come into our neighborhoods, uh, near our schools, near our daycares, are ones that are clean. And how, and how do you do that? Tougher regulations? Tougher regulations and a lot of enforcement. Uh, it's not just that um, they have to be newer vehicles, but there has to be enforcement to maintain, they, to make sure they're low emitting. Um, many of the companies are socially responsible and, and they need to have a level playing field where the few bad actors get nailed. I want to touch on a, another uh, part of your uh, study that you, one of the conclusions you came to is that it's not just tailpipe emissions that are causing the air to be polluted, whether their emissions are problematic. That's right. And people may not think about this. We all know we need to replace our brake pads. We need to replace our tires. And, and you may wonder, well, what happens to that material? Well, it gets worn off and it goes into the air. And so what we see is emissions of what we refer to as non-tailpipe um, particles, which are particles that come from the tire and the brakes. And what we found is that these have been increasing fairly drastically just over the last four or five years. Uh, we found that for downtown Toronto, and we're interested to see if it's the same in other cities, uh, because it looks like it's related to people choosing to buy 
bigger vehicles, pickup trucks and SUVs, and that has just taken off in the last four or five years. If a vehicle is bigger, it has more weight, Hmm. you have to put more energy in to slow it down, so you wear more of the brake pads, and we get more particles. All right, something to keep in mind, I guess, when you're uh, buying a, a vehicle. Uh, right. is, is what kind of vehicle that you buy. I mean, SUVs, though, are the vehicle of choice right now. That's right. And people, you know, some people do need pickup trucks and SUVs, but it can't be that all of us suddenly do. That's the reason that it's taken off, and it's good for climate to use smaller vehicles. So people need to buy the size of vehicle for their uses, for their needs, or cycles or active transportation or public transportation whenever they can as well. So is it as simple as saying, just maintain your vehicle? Make sure you don't let your brakes wear down to, you know, 10%. Uh, it's, it's not just wearing down of the brakes. It's not simple for the brakes in terms of maintaining your vehicle because as they wear down, um, those particles are all going into the air. So really, in terms of the brakes and the tire, the way forward is for larger numbers of people to have smaller vehicles. All right. I appreciate your time, Professor. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure, and I'm glad people are interested in this really important area. Cheers. Have yourself a fantastic afternoon. It's Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.